everybody. This is Alan Peterson with Meet the Thriller Author. And in this uh, podcast episode, we're going to be meeting H.N. Wake, who uh, writes uh, uh, real cool thrillers on espionage and international locations, which is one of my favorite uh, genres. I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. Hi, H.N., are you there? Hi, Alan. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Uh, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I actually have recently moved back to the U.S. I lived overseas for about 20 years doing all kinds of different stuff, um, most of which I can't talk about. But uh, yeah, all over Asia, Africa, and kind of came home and gave writing a, you know, a, a try um, and got hooked on the first book. So I'm now writing. Yeah, it's real fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. How many books do you have out right now? I'm working on my third. I have two full-length novels and a novella out, and I'm working on my third full-length novel. Uh, I have it pre-ordered uh, for February 1, fingers crossed, that <laughs> it will be, be out and on Amazon on February 1. Oh, yeah, you're brave. I've been too chicken with the pre-order stuff. <laughs> I know. It's a commitment for sure. Yeah. Get you up in the morning, no yeah. question. So how would you describe your books to someone who hasn't read any of your previous novels? That's a hard question. They're definitely thrillers. They move pretty quickly. I think the pace is pretty quick. The main protagonist, at least in this initial series, is a woman, CIA, former CIA, depending on which book. She's a bit of a loner and she gets thrown into situations. I think this is probably true for most thrillers. You know, I I put her in situations that she kind of has to work her way out of. I definitely use the backdrop of political issues. I, I think just because... I have a passion for a lot of political issues, particularly in the U.S., having returned. And a lot of this stuff is new to me now or kind of new being immersed in it. So the first book I came out with, she actually took on the corruption of a fictional gun lobby. And then in the second book, she's taking on the role of banking in environmental destruction. So they're political slash thrillers. Yeah, kind of like Stieg Larsson's did with his... Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, he mm-hmm. had the whole and, you know, domestic violence background. A little, uh, quite a bit like that, actually. And I loved his books. Yeah, those were great books. What made you think of, uh, of writing thrillers? I mean, do, were you a fan of the genre from before, or is it the political? Or? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I initially, when I came home, I initially ended up in Los Angeles, of all places. I'm actually not from there. And I write a lot for work and I had a lot of friends in Los Angeles that are the creative types. So they were writing screenplays, they were writing books and they showed me the software Scrivener. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, this is kind of interesting. And I just started banging out one night on Scrivener. And for those who are out there who aren't using Scrivener, I'm a huge fan of them. You can move stuff around and you can change stuff really easily. And all of a sudden the idea actually of writing a screenplay um, based on kind of my experiences, it just kind of popped in my head. So I actually wrote a screenplay. It took me about six months. And I shared it with a friend who is in a professional in the space. And she said, yeah, you know, you, you should explore this. You've got something there. So I had never really considered myself a writer other than kind of the professional, dry, technical stuff. But I really enjoyed that six months. So then I wrote a second screenplay. And then both of them, my friend's you know, really like them. I got a lot of good kind of feedback on them, but I did not feel like going through the agents, getting an agent and kind of pimping myself. <laughs> so 
I looked into self-publishing and thought, no, let me turn these into novels and I can self-publish. I never actually even thought about the traditional route. Oh, so that's so cool. So they started out as a screenplay. Was it was it hard to, to get it from screenplay to novel? Um, I'm sure I'm going to piss someone off by saying this. I found, I found writing screenplays, there's a challenge in it. You have to be very succinct. You have to leave a lot to the director. So you don't set the scene as much as you, I mean, nearly as much as you would in a full length novel or kind of writing fiction. So I found screen, I learned a lot about pacing and plot beats writing a script. Um, but I definitely did not hone my craft in terms of description. Mm-hmm. And I learned about dialogue. I had to keep the dialogue punchy to keep people engaged. So then when I moved over to writing novels, I had to really beef up those skills. Writing the descriptions was really hard for me at first. I I was kind of lost. I would sit on park benches and kind of describe the surroundings to myself <laughs> in words and hoping that it made sense. And then I'd go home and type it out. It was hard. It was hard actually moving from scripts to novels. Oh, that's good. It seems like you had the, the mastery of the dialogue and, and stuff first, because usually that's the tough part for a lot of the writers. That was a tough part for me was the dialogue. Was it? Yeah. Do you still have problems with dialogue? I mean, I, doesn't it come easier, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But I, I do like the, the pace. Uh, quick, keep the, keep the story going. And uh, I started reading your Ghost in Macau, and uh, I, I like that pace okay. a lot. So you learned that skill from, uh, from studying on the screenplays a little bit, huh? Yeah, and I think, like, in your mind, we've all watched movies or TV, and you know that the actor can portray the emotions. So you give them short, punchy lines knowing that the actor is going to portray the emotions. It's funny because I, I hired a developmental editor for my second novel. I figured, well, I like this writing stuff enough. I should get some help. And she actually came back to me and said, you need to put a lot more of the protagonist's thinking and feeling <laughs> and emotions, which is exactly what you don't include in screenplays. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so, that a, so that was a learning curve then uh, between the two. It's a huge learning curve. I mean, I find writing in general, this whole space to be a learning curve. Yeah. So you can't be afraid to say, yeah, I didn't do that as well as I could have. Yeah, I've never attempted a screenplay, but I've heard from other people that it's two very, very different animals in writing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, yeah. for sure. So uh, who were some of your favorite authors when, that influenced your writing? Uh, were you reading thrillers before you started writing yours? I did. I mean, I've been reading thrillers for as long as I can remember. Funny enough, I think in high school I was reading romance novels, which is funny because I, I haven't picked up a romance novel in like 10 years. But... um. Let's see, Grisham, I love, Dee Larson really impacted me. Uh, I like the spy novels. I just finished Eye of the Needle uh, by Follett, which I, yeah, I mean, that was an awesome book. I I read all over, yeah, awesome. Deaver, I like Jeffrey Deaver. I like Harry Bosch stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I read all kind of the basic thrillers. I like to sink into them. You were living overseas uh, uh, for 20 years. Do you get a lot of your ideas from stuff that you that you witnessed over there? Or where do you get your ideas for your books? That's a good question. That you can tell um, us. <laughs> what's that? That you can tell yeah, us. I can tell, right. <laughs> I think I draw mostly on the minutia from my own personal experience. So conversations I can replay in my head, kind of people and their reactions and their characters I draw from experience. I definitely draw from places I've been. So Macau, as you said in the no- the novella, I was, I've was i been in Macau 
So I draw on that. I don't draw on the plot lines as much. I think I, it's more like, okay, what issues bothering me and, and how do I drop her name is Mac Ambrose. How do I drop her into it? And what would she do once she finds herself in dealing with this issue? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great approach actually. So yeah, find the issue and then like, what would she do? <laughs> yeah. And kind of throw stuff at her to make it harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And- and I've noticed in your books, it seems like uh, you use uh, different international locations. Is that something? Is that something that's, that you're doing for all your novels? It just kind of happens. I, I know one was in Borneo. Yeah, um, I, I didn't really plan on this, Alan. To be honest, it just kind of formed. The, so the first one was about the gun lobby. So it's in the states, and she bounces around from New Orleans to Washington D.C. to Capitol Hill and that kind of stuff. And then my second one, I wanted to take a break from the domestic issues, so I put her back. 12 years, 13 years, and I put her in Hong Kong and Malaysia. And then for this third book, I decided to bounce back to the States, and I've got a, I have got her doing a lot of stuff in Times Square in New York City. And when I'm, as I'm writing it, I'm thinking, you know what? Let's put her back overseas. Let's put her 10 years ago back overseas for novel number four. I, I mean, never say never, but I have a feeling I'll probably stick with this bouncing back and forth between one domestic book and one international book i just i like to shake it up a little bit i think i'd get bored dealing with kind of the domestic issues all the time and is that is the book that you're that you're working now for february that's uh that's the one that's uh she's back out international no she's actually in times square oh that's the one in times square okay yeah yeah yeah, a lot in new york and washington dc it's a she's she's actually dealing with the media and their role in politics and political campaigns so oh, that's, that's, kind yeah. of, that's kind of kind of timely. <laughs> I know it's coming straight off the news. Yeah. I, I, I seem to find myself writing things that are kind of fresh off the news. <laughs> How, what's your writing process then? Like when you're when you're, I, I know it's kind of hard. There's nothing typical, but uh, how do you describe a typical writing day? Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of all new to this. So I kind of defer, and I'm going to ask you the same question. I started taking a really long time writing. I didn't trust my words. I didn't trust my fingers on the keyboards. And like I said, I would go sit and kind of talk through stuff and then come back and, and type it out. And then my first book I edited, I it probably took me six to seven months to write the first draft and then another six months to edit it. I spent a lot of time just cleaning it. Now I'm much faster. I have a lot. It's either bravado or confidence. Like I just throw it down there knowing that I'm going to come back and clean it. So I write now in the mornings. I've always mostly written in the mornings. I get up real early. um, And I can now I'm up to anywhere between 3,000 and 5,000 a day. I don't type every day, but I type most days. Wow, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm getting much quicker. How about you? How does yours look? Well, yeah, I'm this. Uh, we sound very similar in 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 our in how this all started. Uh, same thing for me. Uh, I wrote the first one, and I think I spent more time on the second draft than I did on the first one. Right, right. Uh, and same thing. You know, I was just scared, and you know, I just, I, I, I thought I was all wrong. Uh, but um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, the second one went a little bit faster. And then the third one, um, uh, th- uh, you know, I thought the second one would be a lot easier than the first, but it w- that wasn't the case. I found it just as hard. <laughs> right, right. I uh, agree with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, same thing. I try to write every day to get myself into a, a pattern, but uh, uh, usually I try to shoot for at least uh, 2,000 words a day, but right. don't, don't always make it. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and I set up, I set up an office um, and cleaned everything out. 
and I find it's, you know, for kind of, for me starting out in this, I find I've made a little bit of a habit. It's kind of like stretching before you go running. When I come and sit down up here at my desk, my brain kind of starts to click into, okay, what am I writing today? And I think looking back in the first year of writing, if I had had this desk in this room, I think it would have been a lot easier. Yeah, I find that so fascinating uh, uh, f- for different writers. Some, you know, need to like be in a coffee shop and or looking yeah. out the window. And then you read like John Grisham has a like a writing shack where he's no internet, no facts, right. nothing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Michael uh, Connolly, he uh, has black, he blacks out the windows when he's writing. Oh, does he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I read that. That's he funny. says, his, yeah, the windows are all blacked out so he can't see sun. He doesn't know what time it is. Wow. Yeah, so pretty, I, yeah, pretty, I pretty extreme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, do you find like a okay? So you, you mentioned that the news influences your writing. So you find like a movies and pop culture stuff like that does influence your your novels. That's a good question. Yes, I mean I think movies take two to three years to to get out to see the public. So oftentimes you're a little bit delayed from what's happening in current events. Although I love movies and I watch movies all the time, so I, I get lots of good ideas about the narrative and about storytelling from movies. I get a lot of my research from the New York times, Al Jazeera. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a news junkie. So yeah, I stay, I was just looking at something this morning about metadata and cable TV, and I'm absolutely going to use that in novel number three. So I hadn't even thought about it before this morning and found it when I was searching. I was like, wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. So that's part of your research process. Do you find that, that to be challenging, or is that the, or, or do you actually enjoy that part of, of writing or or getting to writing it, like when you're doing the research? Yeah, I I think I get slightly frustrated because the research takes me in a lot of different tangents. So I say to myself, okay, what does Mac want to learn now about this plot point, and then I go looking for something that'll answer that, you know, question A, and I go looking for it, and I find answers to question A through Z and none of them exactly fit where I thought it was going. So I can spend two or three hours just chasing down rabbit holes. But when you find that one thing, like for example, that metadata on cable TV, Netflix and Amazon prime, you can push a button on your TV and it brings up all the metadata about that particular scene. And I thought, wow, that's super interesting. Like what's the reverse on that? What is the company collecting on me? Mm-hmm. Um, and that took me two or three hours of, sniffing around to find to find that but i finally found the nugget the answer to question a so do i like research yeah i mean i guess i think instinctively i've done a lot of research professionally in my life so i like research but it's frustrating that i have to just kind of let myself go and just go down rabbit holes to see what i find yeah you go beyond the the wikipedia (laughs) way beyond yeah i always i always people like i mean careful while they're using wikipedia for their research <laughs> yeah i'm i'm actually a little concerned that the nsa's got got me in their sites because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking up some crazy stuff yeah yeah oh yeah 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 i already told my wife too you know she looks at, looks at my history you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all research <laughs> i know more about gun trafficking in pakistan than i probably ever wanted to know in my life and they probably know that i know that now <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now the podcast is going to be uh, on the on the radar. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm a fiction writer. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned earlier that you were writing different characters. So are you thinking about doing a, a different series as well as the as this one? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I 
my my thinking is yes. Um, I have a couple characters that my beta readers really liked from novel two, so I'm bringing them back actually in novel three. And if if I like them enough, I might spin them out. I'm actually thinking about writing mysteries mm-hmm. in between the thrillers, but because I like mysteries too, mm-hmm. but it's a whole different way of kind of plotting out the book. Um, I haven't really decided yet, to be honest. I, I like Mac Ambrose. I like that she's kind of CIA and she's got that, I mean, you know, similar to what you write, that she's got that background. It allows her to do stuff that most normal people wouldn't do. But I'm not wedded to her. I mean, I'll keep going. I'll def- definitely want a year, probably two a year of Mac Ambrose. Um, but what I write in between, I'm not totally sure yet. Do you feel like you get to like she comes alive when you're writing uh, uh, her stories, or are, uh, or are you very like? Do you outline the plots thoroughly, or do you just kind of let? I'm definitely a plotter. I probably spend a lot more time with Scrivener and plotting and beats than I than I should. Uh, I definitely know where the story is going before I start cracking out scenes. Once I start to get into the scene, so I know she's getting on an airplane and she's taking down a big media mogul guy on the airplane. Like, I know that's the beginning of the scene and the end of the scene. Then I just let her rip. I I let her do what she kind of wants to do. And I don't plot it out within the scene. And sometimes I'll write the first draft of that scene, for example, that airplane scene, and I'll go take my dog for a walk and I'll be like, okay, that was super predictable. I need to go back and put some stuff in there that the reader would not expect. And so I'll come back and switch that scene up a little bit. Oh, so you did a little bit of editing on the fly as you're right. I, I do, if, particularly when I'm, and this is kind of a recent learning for me, <laughs> particularly when I write a scene and I think about it that night or the next day, and I'm like, wow, that was kind of boring. You know, like nothing really happened that you didn't see coming. So I'm, I'm kind of going back in and going, okay, 90% of this was good, but there needs to be something in here that was more exciting. Like, this is kind of boring. Like, she got on the plane with the mega mogul, you know, media mogul, and nothing much happened. Like, I need her to do something totally out of the unexpected. And just a, a little tidbit, in this one, now she jabs him with, you know, a roofie, and she knocks him out. She sticks a needle in the back of his head. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I was like, that, that's something that the reader wouldn't expect, and let's add that in there. Have you been getting a lot of feedback from readers? And what does that feel like? I am I, I'm happy to say, and I think I'm one of the few, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Alan, but I have a great group on Goodreads. Actually, you should join it uh, if you're not there already. It's called Good Thrillers. Mm-hmm. The great thrillers. I'll have to go back. And they have over 2,000 people there now. And I've got a, quite a few that know me now and will read my advanced copies and will give me great feedback. So I've had, I've been very fortunate, knock on wood. I've been, I've had really good supportive readers since last year. I think if I were doing this in a vacuum, it would be a lot harder. I've been afraid of Goodreads. You know, you hear all the stories. So right? yeah, uh, it's, just, it's great to listen to hear a positive uh, a story. Yeah, you should go check out this. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the, yeah, you should check out this group. It's great. They're, they're very welcoming to indie authors, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just kind of, you kind of like, well, I don't want to, you know, Get anybody pissed off or step on anyone's toes there. So, you know, I kind of get, I'm, I'm careful. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, you have to respect Goodreads for what it is, mm-hmm. but for sure. Yeah. And so you have your website and uh, you, are you on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff too? I am. Are you? Are you on Facebook? And yeah, Twitter? I'm on Facebook. I'm not very active, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, but um, I'm not as active as, 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 as I should be on there. 
I don't want to come off as just posting stuff just to post. So then I find yeah. myself I'm not posting as much as I should. <laughs> yeah. How do you yeah. handle that balance? My blog, I don't mind. I put something up probably once or twice, maybe three times a month. I, I enjoy that. Um, I'm on Facebook now more than I used to be. I was on Twitter in the beginning and got, I mean, for me, like 80 people right away. And I was kind of blown away by that. I have since found that Twitter is a huge time suck. And I don't do Twitter really anymore, to be honest. Facebook, I'm a little bit more interested in. And the news feed that comes through on my HN account is particular to the issues that I write about. So I kind of like the news feed there. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, for us indie authors, social media is kind of important. Mm -hmm. So you have to be out there. But at the same time, yeah, you don't want to be fake about it. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not out here just pimping my own stuff. So it's it's a weird balance you have to strike. And I'm certainly not an expert at that at all. Yeah. And uh, you also are you building a mailing list? You have like a subscribers that have joined you? I do. I'm quite proud of my homemade website. Um, and there's the sign up sh- list there for anyone that signs up. They get a free copy of Ghosts of Macau. And yeah, and that's where I announce stuff in my blogs there. And so, uh, what are some of the challenges that you find uh, writing? Like, if you're going to start writing a new book, what are some of the challenges to get it to get it off the ground and get going? Because I plot so much, and because I. I like to have the almost the entire book outlined before I start. It takes me a while to get to the writing. So for novel number three, it took me probably two solid weeks of sitting at my desk every day for seven hours to get the plot down and the outline down. Once that's down, I don't have a, you know, then it's just coming back and as the writers say, getting into the flow and just kind of letting the scenes drive themselves and type themselves but i would say the hardest thing starting is the plotting for me i know a lot of people do not plot do you plot alan yeah i do i mean not the not hardcore but i do write a uh, synopsis of every scene before i write right right Yeah. yeah so i find that's probably the hardest building that out i feel like i'm doing like a jigsaw puzzle when i'm doing that um and i find that to be the most challenging is making sure my jigsaw pieces fit together and that the timing is right and the beats are right. Yeah, that's what you mentioned earlier, Scrivener, for anyone who's listening who's, who's interested in writing. That was, for me, a turning point as well because I, I never I tried to write before, but I never finished with Word. It was just, it got too messy. Whereas with 100%. Scriv- yeah, with, that's with Scrivener, I could just move things around, drop things here, delete things. 100%. It's awesome. Hundred percent. And when you you can write a whole scene and delete it, and it's actually down in the trash can if you wanted to go back and grab it later. Like there, you don't. There's no fear yeah. in writing in Scrivener. You just throw it down there, and you can move it around or add to it. Yeah, it's a great uh, software. Uh, when you're writing your stories, do you get uh, especially since there's like a political component to them? Uh, when you're writing, do, does that add to your mind that you don't want to offend a reader, or does that you don't? worry about that yeah good question a lot i read a lot of richard north patterson Mm -hmm. who you know in the day covered a lot of issues he covered gun lobby he's covered abortion he's covered a lot of really hot topic and kind of hot button issues and i respected him that he he had an opinion it was clear he kind of was on one side of the issue i would in in america i guess you would say on the left of Mm -hmm. most issues I definitely fall to the left of most issues, but I try not to spoon feed my, I, in the first book, I was a little bit more 
leaning with my political stance. And the second one, it was, it was far more focused on, on the story um, and storytelling and keeping the tension and keeping the characters. And in the third one I'm writing now, it's almost purely storytelling is my focus with the political backdrop very much in the backdrop. But yeah, my political views are, are, are not hard to decipher. I, you know, I'm definitely left. I definitely vote Democrat. And that definitely comes out in my writing. Yeah, that's the thing. You're not going to be able to please everybody anyway, so. <laughs> you can't. You can't. So, I mean, if I tried to be completely neutral on this, I think it would come out quite wishy-washy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And my first book got, you know, some bad reviews because of that, because people didn't agree with my, you know, my political stance. And that's fine. It's freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. They they can have a differing opinion from mine, and I totally respect that. And I'm, I'm fine with that. And so do you do you read all your reviews that, that you get? You, I do. Do oh. you? Nah, I, I got, <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, I stopped about hmm, over a year ago. Even the, I don't read the, I don't read the good ones or the bad ones. I just uh, kind of put it out of my mind. I do, I do keep track of the average. I just want to make sure there isn't something really bad going on. So I do, so I do keep track of the average, and then I have my editor, you know, look at my bad reviews to see if there's anything constructive that we can work on. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, because you know, there's yeah, there, sometimes there's really good nuggets in the bad reviews. So absolutely, mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And this is a learning process. I don't mind saying, oh, I can get better. I have yeah, no problem. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, do you ever plan on uh, going back to writing, trying to write a screenplay? Or are you just going to stick with the uh, novels for now? Uh, in Alan, between you, me, and the listeners, in an ideal world, if someone came and wanted to option any of my books for a movie, I would offer my services. That being said, <laughs> uh, I mean, there are amazing scriptwriters out there. So I would probably not. I would probably defer to, you know, the far more experienced professionals writing screenplays. That being said, if anybody wanted me to take a shot at putting my books into a screenplay, I would do it. Would I do like a original standalone screenplay now that I've discovered novels and self-publishing? Probably not. I love the freedom of self-publishing and screenplays. You know, there's an entire gatekeeping situation going on. I mean, you can't get, there's so many talented people writing scripts and they just never go anywhere, which is to me, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tragedy, but I understand that that's the reality. So that's a long-winded. I probably know. I probably wouldn't be- go back and write an original screenplay. Yeah, that's amazing to me when I hear about like uh, Hugh Howey, who has book Wool was been optioned like three or four years ago, and it's still just kind of like he just he's like, oh, I don't know if it'll ever get made. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I have friends in the business, and I, yeah, you hear horror stories. I mean, I would definitely option if anybody wanted any of my books. I would <laughs> yeah. definitely option them. But uh, I would let go of any kind of ownership at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's, that's a whole t- different ball game. <laughs> so you're not you're not in Los Angeles anymore, though, right? I'm not. Okay. I'm East Coast now. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow! So you went to the other uh, to the other coast. Extreme, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna have links to your website and, and all that stuff, and as for the listeners, where they can get the the ghost in Macau, they sign up to your list. So that's like, that's yeah, that's, that's that's awesome. So I'll have links to that, but uh, that's uh, just to make sure I got them here. It's at hnwake.com, right? You got it. And the link for the um, free one is hnwake.com backslash ghosts.html. Okay. Well, I'm going to, anything else you want to like to say to to the listeners? 
before we end the show? Uh, other than thank you to Alan, I mean, this is great. I'm glad you're doing this. I, I love indies, you know, doing it for the indies. So thanks for having me on. It's been an honor. Well, thank you very much. It's a very uh, interesting talking to you and learning all about your books and your world. Okay, good luck, Alan. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. You can visit our site at get.thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for more information on our podcasts. And you can also subscribe to this podcast uh, on your favorite podcatcher like iTunes, the most popular one, of course. Uh, Just search for Meet the Thriller Author and you'll find me there. And I'm also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash meet thriller author love to hear from you love to hear comments and your feedbacks on the shows and i'll have a new podcast a new interview with a thriller author uh, i'll be posting them every tuesday so stay tuned for that and don't forget to subscribe and please visit my author website at alanpeterson.com.